it's not fine art, so why are you applying to product design? And I had to be like, I know how to draw. My name's Emma, and you're listening to the Socially Awkward Podcast. This month, we have a very talented artist with us. Not only does she have talent, but she's also backed it up with skill and has decided to take this passion in a new direction. Please welcome Zoe Kim as she talks about what it's like to apply to college as a homeschooler and transform a talent and hobby into a potential career. Hello, Zoe. Hi. So good to have you on here. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi, I'm Zoe Kim. I'm Korean American. I am 17 years old. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm a TCK who now lives in Singapore, but I've lived in Kazakhstan for most of my life. Fun Whoa, fact. that's crazy. First, how did you get into art? Well, I've always loved art, mm-hmm. but I started taking lessons um, when I was about 12 years old. Yeah. And I took art in Kazakhstan, which is a very Soviet style. Mm -hmm. So there I learned to do more like technical drawings, a lot of still life Mm. um, and a lot of paintings. Mm. How do you think that built your art foundation for what you do now? I feel like since I have a lot of technical background, I can draw what I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's really helped me because then I can jump off from that. Mm. Is there a piece that you feel like you're really proud of? I feel like every new piece is like my favorite piece because (laughs) I believe in always like improving Mm -hmm. and your piece that Mm -hmm. you're working on should be the best Mm. and it should always be better than the one that you did previously. Mm. So you say that often your art is what's in front of you, but do you feel like you try to express something more than that? Like what is the message that you try to put across with a lot or most of your art pieces? Well, when first starting, I did a lot of drawings that were like copying Mm -hmm. from like masters and of what was in front of me. But then later on, I went to like CESA, California State Summer School of the Arts. Mm -hmm. And there I went off on my own. They had really interesting briefs Mm -hmm. and I could get really creative and express myself there. Mm -hmm. I think that's where I found my style. Do you feel like, because you said your background was more um, Soviet, what's in front of you is what you draw. Do you feel like you had to learn how to be creative? Maybe a little. I had to like jump off of a brief mm-hmm. and that really helped me like steer me in a direction. And then from there, I went to wherever I wanted to go with my piece. Do you find like with that, there's something in particular that inspires you to do something with your art? Being a TCK, I guess, and like... My experiences that help me be an individual with my own style. You know, like, it's interesting because most people, like, I would just give a very basic answer. It's like, oh, yeah, nature inspires me. Like, fire? Fire is pretty cool. So that's what inspires me to do things. (laughs) (laughs) But looking at it as experience, as an inspiration rather than just an object is something that I hadn't really thought about. So, like... What was it like applying to LaSalle with this art background? It was quite difficult because um, right now I'm in the product design department Mm -hmm. at LaSalle's College of the Arts. Mm -hmm. And when I apply to product design, I also apply to animation. Mm. Almost all of my works were visual arts, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Or fine arts. Mm -hmm. 
And when they looked at my work, they're like, okay, it's not animation. Why are you applying for animation? <laughs> it's not fine art. So why are you applying to product design? Mm. And I had to go from there and be like, I know how to draw. <laughs> as you see from my work and my portfolio so I can do much more this is just the basics I already know the basics and once you know the basics mm -hmm. you can just grow from there yeah. and I think they understood that mm. and they're like okay although the animation department did give me a little bit of trouble but <laughs> <laughs> overall it was, it was good what kind of trouble was it because you were also finishing up school around the same time that you applied weren't you yes so I applied early 2020, mm -hmm. right before COVID, a little Oof. bit during COVID. <laughs> yeah, it was a crazy year. Mm -hmm. So 2019, 2020, I thought I was going to be a sophomore. Mm -hmm. So I thought I needed two more years until I finished high school. Mm -hmm. But then I finished the year as a senior. Ooh. So I felt like I skipped two grades. And then I applied mm -hmm. and applying was very very difficult in itself because I was a actual homeschooler <laughs> or a homeschooler with an unaccredited transcript mm. whereas a lot of homeschoolers I feel like in Singapore especially mm -hmm. they have accredited transcript for example like all from the Potter School or all from North Star Academy mm. or it's all from one school instead of many different schools mm. whereas like I did the Potter School, I did some self-study, I mm -hmm. did Biola's Youth Academy, mm -hmm. so I have it all. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, so, like, right now, I think, okay, no, I don't think, I know I am working towards an accredited <laughs> program, yeah. because, partly because it makes college applications easier, you know, when yeah. everyone can just see that you've gotten your education from one place, it's like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. so that's where you're from, online schooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how did not having an accredited diploma complicate things for you? Well, they told me that it was going to be difficult because this is Singapore, and unlike the U.S., we don't work exactly the same, mm -hmm. and homeschooling isn't exactly the most popular thing here you usually go to like a public mm. school right? it's not super conventional yeah so then they told me um you don't really have all your classes at one place mm -hmm. you don't really have it accredited because all of my scores came from my mom she is a california teacher mm -hmm. so she's accredited there like she has a degree and mm. everything but I did so many different courses, most of them Potter School. Mm -hmm. But since I did different ones, they didn't want to accept them all as one school, like mm. the Kim School or anything like that, right? Mm. So it's much more complicated than that. But all of my teachers were really, really great. And the thing that helped was probably that my mom kept track of all of my classes, all of my teachers, all of my extracurriculars, and... Well, we're in charge, right? Because we're homeschoolers and we don't have a principal or a head or director mm. in charge of our school. Mm. So I think that made it a little bit more complicated. But since we kept track, they said, don't get your hopes up, but we'll give it to the director of an administration mm -hmm. and he'll take a look at it and tell you if you're approved or not. And 
well, I mean, you got in. So (laughs) congratulations with that. So what is it like studying design? And like you mentioned earlier on, people were like, why design or animation? So why design or animation? Okay, so my aunt, she's actually a storyboard artist at Pixar, was formerly a storyboard artist at Disney. Mm -hmm. And I think she was a huge inspiration for me. Mm. So when I was about 13... 12, 13, when I first started doing art, she was in CalArts and finishing her degree and then got into Disney. And that's so big. Mm -hmm. She helped me really get into the arts. Mm. I think my parents were more open to it, but also like my grandfather who was there in Kazakhstan with me, Mm -hmm. he was very, very encouraging. He really pushed me to go with my talents and improve Mm. my talents. Especially arts. It's not really to bring in the stereotypes but you know it's Mm -hmm. like you've got the doctor lawyer teacher thing arts is not on that list because it's not really seen as a conventional career how has the stigma around arts as an education or a career impacted you before i went into product design i was very much in the arts doing a lot of fine arts visual arts painting drawing and although people really enjoyed my art they were also like questioning like oh do you think you're going to be an artist Mm. and I never really thought I was going to be an artist, to mm-hmm. be very, very honest. Mm-hmm. It turns out I'm a designer, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd really go into the arts. I really enjoyed it. I knew I was, I'm going somewhere in that direction. But then I went to CISA mm-hmm. and it was a rigorous four week program. I just lived at school, did school for like 12 hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. Six days a week whoa yeah but it was so much fun it was like the best time i've ever had Mm -hmm. but there i since i was doing visual arts all the time and was surrounded by people who loved it so much i really found that i really love arts but i knew for sure that i was not going to go into visual arts Mm. so i knew that that was not where i was going i was probably going to go into animation which was what i was leaning towards but then i decided to change Mm, why i think design was just more interesting for me i don't know when this point was but i knew that i was not going to go into animation Mm. and i knew i probably wanted to go to product design Mm. that was like my first choice when i was interviewing and applying to lasalle do you feel like design as a career is more feasible than animation not exactly Mm -hmm. because there are so many animators Mm. so many people that are super good Mm-hmm. and CalArts, which was where I was doing CISA, all the animators from Disney or Pixar or any of the big studios, they they come from CalArts, right? Mm-hmm. And when I was interviewing for the animation program here, they dissuaded me from going to LaSalle and instead going into CalArts if I had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And since I've already done two programs in the past, yeah, I had a pretty good chance, and my aunt is an alum alumnus since she went to school there i had a pretty good chance of probably going to CalArts instead and they're like please we want to go there mm-hmm. so if you have a chance go to cal arts and i was like you have a point and <laughs> yeah because the studio the big studios are not going to get anyone from a smaller school i suppose mm. they want people from the best schools and they already get all their students from cal cal arts mm. so why would they get someone here in Singapore so it made sense because you come from an arts background right 
what do you feel is the distinction between arts versus design? Because both are creative things. Yeah. Design usually like tell people what, what your product is and what to do with it. Because mm-hmm. I'm in product design. Whereas art, people interpret your work. Mm. And it's more for others to mm. view your work and interpret it. Do you think you have a difference in your creative process for design versus art? And what are the differences? <laughs> um, for art, I feel like I start working on like, usually I do painting with acrylics. Mm-hmm. I start, it's going great. I get really stressed. It looks terrible. And then it somehow <laughs> turns out all fine. Um, <laughs> design, I feel like I'm just stressed the entire time. <laughs> Usually it turns out the way I want to. I feel like it's more complicated. Mm. So not always the way I want it to be. Mm. But I feel like just improve from your last project. Mm. Yeah. What do you feel? What do you think is good design? What does good design mean to you? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) What is good design? I'm still figuring that out. Mm. Okay. I can say that because I'm a student. (laughs) Bad design. Okay. When somebody can't use your product, mm-hmm. it's just not usable. It's not aesthetically pleasing. What are things that you've made in the past? So one of my projects, I had to make something that measures mm-hmm. out of paper, which is kind of interesting. But my second one, which I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. was I had to make a toy out of wood for two-year-old blind or visually impaired children. Wow. What was that like? That was so interesting. I love kids. Mm -hmm. So I really liked researching and making a toy that was like very textural Mm -hmm. and that like kids could use. What kind of research did you need to do for this toy? So this one was basically focused on empathy. So Mm -hmm. I had to try to get into this child's shoes. I researched about visually impaired children Mm. and their like daily life because I wanted to make something that they could use Mm -hmm. and apply to their life Mm. so I researched like what do toddlers usually do Mm. right yeah normal toddlers and then what do visually impaired toddlers do and like how do they experience life and how's life different from for them right Mm -hmm. So I ended up making these blocks with like shapes on them and the shapes were coordinated with like a color. Mm. And I also did like a survey on what shape do you associate to which color? I did that to a lot of people. Oh, right. I remember you posted this on your Instagram stories. I needed help. (laughs) (laughs) So I needed as many people as possible to do the quiz. And then I associated like the colors with the shapes and then even though they couldn't see the shapes, I wanted them to still associate it with a color. Mm. And these blocks could like stick together with Velcro. Mm. So they could use them for patterns and they could use them just to sort, which mm. is really beneficial for toddlers. But then I also wanted them to have that color aspect so that they could transfer it into clothes. Oh. I wanted the child to also have buttons. Uh-huh. For example, like a triangle was yellow. Mm-hmm. And if they ha- the child has like a triangle button sewn onto their clothes, they could know it's a yellow top. Mm. Because right now, people are just using Braille and safety pins, which aren't so safe for toddlers. No. <laughs> and they can't really read Braille, although yeah. they would learn to. Yeah. But I feel like toddlers are now like 
finding their independence from their parents. Yeah. Therefore, they like try to choose their own clothes, try mm-hmm. to do their own things. Mm-hmm. And they're very limited if they are visually impaired or blind. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make that connection with my toy. Were you aware of the gap in the market for this kind of product before coming into this project? No, I wasn't. How did that how did this project change your perspective on making things available to people with special needs? I thought it was a really, really great way to have this brief so that we were more aware and we would empathize with more people. Mm. And I found that this was like a very niche mm. kind of project to work on, right? And because I was not as aware, but I, I've been sort of aware because my friend, she works with a lot of special needs kids mm-hmm. and her sister's special needs, mm-hmm. as well as our neighbor who has a special needs kid and their fr- their missionaries and their friend's daughter mm-hmm. is blind mm-hmm. and she's a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of been aware, mm-hmm. but I haven't tried to design anything or really research into it. Mm-hmm. Did you talk about this project with your friend whose daughter was visually impaired? I met her afterwards. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then it was kind of interesting because I was like, oh my gosh, here's a child that could have, if my if I made my product, she could use it mm. and she could choose her own clothing, right? How did that make you feel? It was really special. I mm-hmm. was like, wow. Like, we're creating products that people will use in the future. Mm. It's designed with impact, not just, like, that thing for your rice cooker that you yeah. have five of. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's part of the reason I really wanted to go into product design. Mm. I really like working with people, and I thought, this will draw me closer to people. I can empathize, research, and really know my audience. Mm. You're making me want to go and study design now. <laughs> Join me. Join. (laughs) I think by the time I get there, you'd have graduated. (laughs) What are your professors like? What is what is it like having to go and sit in a class versus teaching yourself or listening to a lesson online? It's so different, but like in a good way. Mm -hmm. So when I first went to LaSalle, it was a whole new experience. Like you're in college. But I feel like college here is much different than in the States. Mm. So it isn't exactly what I was expecting. It feels a lot like high school, I guess. Mm. What I would imagine high school would be like. (laughs) (laughs) But then it's not. Because you're in college. You have all these classmates who, since I'm 17, and like here in Singapore, you go in at like 20, and the guys go at like 23 Mm. because of NS. Yeah, national service for those who don't know. There's so much older than me I was like oh my gosh I'm the youngest for once because all of my circles I've been like the oldest Mm -hmm. and like all my professors are so cool like one of them um he literally just makes surfboards whoa um he does a lot of graphic design Uh another one he owns his own furniture company wow one of our head of departments he has a couple of furniture companies whoa so they're all working professionals as well as lecturers that is crazy so what were your college life expectations versus reality well when i got my schedule Mm -hmm. i only have classes monday through thursday Mm -hmm. Ooh, very nice yes and from nine to twelve 
except on Tuesdays. I have 9 to 12 and then 1 to 4. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have so much free time. <laughs> it's going to be so great. I get to do other stuff, but no. <laughs> um, I have to work on a lot of projects. So I'm usually down at the workshops. I did woodwork, plastics. We worked with paper, and then I think we're working with metal and more engineering type stuff in the future. Ooh. So, yeah, lots of time spent in the workshop. Do you have, to kind of just wrap it up, any college advice for homeschoolers? Because you mentioned that your application process was a little more complicated because you had so many different accreditations. So... With that, what would your college advice be to homeschoolers, whether it's applying or attending or planning to go, even deciding what you want to do? Homeschoolers, while you're still schooling, keep track of all your records. So for me, I think it was a bit easier because my mom tra kept track of all my classes. She took bios of all my teachers she had all my extracurriculars, all my summer school courses that I took. All of those added up to help me graduate. And I think you have to be on the ball as a homeschooler. You're in charge of your own grades and stuff like that, right? Because mm -hmm. you don't have a principal, director, or anything. Mm -hmm. Your mom, you need to keep track of it. And make sure what you're doing works for you too. Mm. Because I did try self-paced. That did not work out for me. So mm. then we transferred into live classes at the Potter School. And that was difficult, but it really did work for me mm. and really helped me because I had hard deadlines. Mm. My teachers were very difficult to impress, <laughs> but they they were really great teachers. Uh -huh. So I think find also what works for you. And then when you are applying, be prepared for like interview questions and to ask the interview questions, interviewer mm. questions. So how do you prepare for interviews? What can you expect to be asked? I prepared by searching up questions like what do interviewers ask during a college application, right? Or college interview. But also I worked a lot with my dad and we went over the questions over and over and over again. It was difficult. I didn't really want to do it, but it did help me in the end, especially mm. for like my animation interview. Mm -hmm. They asked us if we had any questions and I was the only one who had questions. Mm. Maybe it's because the other people were very, very nervous. Mm. But I think it really helped to be prepared and ask them a question because then they knew you were prepared. Mm. And then also that passes on the mic to them so that you don't have to talk as much. <laughs> Right. So what are good questions to ask? So, for example, in animation, I asked them, what characteristics makes a good animator? Ooh. And there was an impromptu like argument between the two interviewers <laughs> that helped me. Artistic discrepancies. <laughs> yeah, also scared me half to death. <laughs> but... It did help. And then also for my product design, I asked them what characteristics makes a good product designer. But I also asked them, what's the best product you've ever seen made mm. in this course? Ooh. And then he proceeded to talk about that for the next half of the interview. And I just sat there and listened. So what was the product? I think it was like this Raven camera. Whoa. What's it for? It's just for like security. Government <laughs> Birds aren't real. 
<laughs> they're gonna be like no homeschoolers they need to know <laughs> giraffes aren't real either that's all the time we have for today thank you so much for chatting with us about what it's like to apply to a university in Singapore and for really just sharing your experiences because I know that everybody will be getting ready to go into college mm -hmm. but I think having an idea of what to expect or if you're wanting to go to college or not sure yet this would have been very helpful I know I definitely learned something because when it comes to interviews at least this is so ironic but like I never know what to ask an interviewer <laughs> <laughs> so yes thank you so much for spending time with us do you have an art Instagram or something that you would like us to plug before we go Z-O-E-H underscore K-A-M that's my Instagram cool we will see you all next time. Thank you so much for listening. And that's a wrap on today's episode of the Socially Awkward Podcast. We release new episodes on the first Saturday of each month on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. If you like today's episode, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at the.sociallyawkwardpodcast. See you next time.